Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. Welcome to episode number 48. We are two episodes away from half a century. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie, and with me as always is my good pal from Coshocton, Ohio, Kirby Hossman. Kirby, this question takes on a little extra special meaning today because I know you've been under the weather. How the hell are you? Oh man, I'm doing fantastic. Always appreciate the time with you. I'm feeling a little better. Probably, I'm probably eighty percent this week. So getting getting back to uh, where I need to be. How are you, bud? I'm good. I'm really well. And by definition, eighty percent is better than everything seventy nine point nine percent below. So <laughs> sure. I'm really happy to hear that. And you know what else makes people feel better? What's that? is having their business run by a cloud-based software that's specially designed for the promotional products industry. Yes, it is. And I bet you know who that is. I believe that I do, but why don't you tell me? I think it's the good people at Common Skew. In fact, I know it's the good people at Common Skew. And it's a great way to look amazing in front of your clients. They're such a great partner of ours and obviously friends as well, but it truly is a fantastic uh, cloud-based yeah. software to run your business. And, and we've talked about this before, Kirby. You've used them for a number of years, and I know you've seen your business uh, efficiency improve, and I think you've seen your sales improve because of the tool. We absolutely have. I mean, the from the clarity of the presentations and the ability to convert to orders, it's been really, really good. Yeah, the presentations are beautiful. And so, you know, if you've got a slow and outdated system, it's costing you money, people. It is. So... You know what doesn't cost you money is a free trial. For sure. That's why it's called free. It doesn't <laughs> cost you anything. So go try it out at commonskew.com backslash unscripted. Look at the software. Check out the interface and look what it can do for your business. You will not be sorry you did. Yeah, for sure. I Excellent. So, Kirby, are you ready to uh, you ready to start this uh, start the show off? Yeah, ready to light this candle, man. So Let's uh, do it. You go ahead. Ready? Okay, so I have a question for you. I um, and uh, it was one of those things where, obviously, this will be coming out on Friday, but we recorded a little earlier in the week. And this Monday, this past Monday, was Memorial Day. And um, it was interesting to me. I noticed that you guys uh, at Promo Corner and you uh, in particular, you put out a, a blog on every Monday. That y- and you are, you are a king of consistency in that way. But obviously, uh, this Monday was a holiday. And mm-hmm. so I noticed you put it out anyway, and there's no I, I, right, wrong, or indifferent. And so I was really curious to hear why, what you, you know, I'm sure that's something that was a conversation or a thought process, and I was just curious about it. Um, it, it was less of a thought process than you might think. I, okay. I, I, I do believe in consistency mm-hmm. when it comes to content marketing. I yep. think that, I wouldn't say it trumps quality, but it's right up there with it. And so, yeah, it was a holiday, but you know what? It's not a holiday for everybody. Right. So there are people in Canada who I know read the blog. Sure. Uh, Robert Williams, who is a mutual friend of ours. He's been at several uh, SKU cons. Mm-hmm. He's from Australia. I know it wasn't a holiday for him. For sure. And so here's the thing. Um, I can promote it all week if I want. But for the few people, and there might be two or three people that actually expect it every Monday, it would be 
unfair to me or unfair to them for me to just say, oh, it's a holiday. I'm not putting it out there yeah. because I want higher viewership. If it's out there, people can read it whenever they want. But it's important for me to be consistent. And the comparison I use is if on Christmas or Hanukkah or Halloween or Arbor Day or whatever <laughs> – holiday you want to talk about the newspaper still prints right right the website cnn.com is still updated so not that uh my blog this week is especially newsworthy it's about a bandwagon you know jumping on the bandwagon of the fidget spinners and, right. and not that that's necessarily a bad thing but you have to really try to be different and um I got some great reaction from it both on Monday and the days following. So yeah. I, I, again, to me, it's a important to be consistent. And yeah. if it means I got less readership on Monday, so be it. But to me, it's, it's kind of the – it's a promise I've made to myself mm-hmm. and a promise I've made to, the, to people who read it. Yeah. That, um, hey, it's there every Monday. And you know what? It will become hell or high water. It will be there every single monday so wasn't a big conversation it wasn't even a big thought it was it's it just is it's necessary it must happen yeah no i like it um you know i think that's something we all struggle with um i'm certainly no you know not an exception in that way but it's uh I, i do admire the consistency and and uh so i was really curious when i when i saw it out there i was like hey it's monday and so uh I just thought that was interesting. So good stuff, no, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, you're consistent yourself. I mean, yep. you have a delivery marketing joy every Wednesday. Come hell or high water, there yep. is a that, – that's out there. Yep. So you, you understand my perspective, I think, very much. So, okay, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Sure. So um, Coca-Cola, which mm-hmm. is a uh, soft drink company based in Atlanta, Georgia, if you're not familiar with it. <laughs> um, and they produce a variety of soft drinks. But they have um, – uh, Tangerine Promotions, who is run by Steve Friedman, formerly of Halo, many, many years ago. And okay. uh, Bruce Cohen is a friend, works there, and they're based out of Northbrook, Illinois. They were announced as a new authorized Coke um, distributor mm. for promotional products, which is a great, great thing. And when I was at Summit, uh, Summit Group, Summit was one of the authorized partners for Coca-Cola. Okay. Because I know some of how the sausage is made when you when you make a, an agreement like that with a large organization like Coke, you do it at incredibly low margins. So okay. it, it turns into being a volume business. When how and, and I guess I the question I want to ask you and no, I understand you're more in a rural area. You're yep. not in a giant metropolitan area. That doesn't preclude you from going after those type of clients, sure. however. Would you sell your soul to be a Coca-Cola authorized <clears throat> distributor? Because um, sometimes the best, best, uh, the best decisions or the best uh, deals you make are the ones you don't make. Yeah, for sure. And I just so I was reading that very interesting because I I don't know exactly what the margins are, but I'm sure they're very tight. It's like yeah. working with Walmart. So I want to get your perspective on that as a distributor of promotional products. Where is your, you know what? I can't cross this line. Where is that with you? Yeah, and I, I always struggle in these because I think that, you know, the answer, it depends, is often the, the honest one. Mm-hmm. Um, because in general, though. Yeah, so in general, I mean, gosh, if if I felt the idea, you know, if, if we're doing a million dollars with a specific client and mm-hmm. we had the, not only the the infrastructure, the human infrastructure to keep up with it, and our margins were, you know, at much lower, so half of what I normally would do them at, 
I mean, I would definitely entertain that if, right. again, it just depends on how, if, if by doing this, it would guarantee me a certain volume. Right? right, because I think it, it doing something like that, you almost need a dedicated uh, team member who, so that they can live and breathe um, that particular brand. Um, and oh, if no the numbers question. justified out, absolutely, I would. Yeah, no question. I mean, and, and I think your your answer is is correct on a lot of levels. It does depend. Is it a simple thing where it's a lot of of, of dropship orders that are one decoration, one location yeah. type thing, yeah, or exactly. something, or my warehouse, warehouse, yeah. right? But it does depend. But you know, have you ever that? So let me ask you this as a follow up: Have you ever had a deal that felt really good or looked really good as you were pursuing it, mm-hmm. and you were essentially awarded that where you walked away from it? And the reason I ask because I see a lot of uh, distributors in our industry they work their tails off to. to Respond to an RFP to get mm. a business from what what feels like a large company, only to essentially go belly up a year or two later because that deal wasn't so good at all. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I I don't spend a lot of, and I think you know this. I don't spend a lot of time on RFPs. Right. Um, what I like to do is get in the opportunity, and like I'll give you an example. Is there was a there's a really big company that's near us that occasionally you know we get an opportunity. It's not something that we you know every month we're getting orders from them, but every once in a while they'll be like, hey, we need you know thousands and thousands five thousand fidget spinners. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, and so. It, when we have those opportunities and it fits, then we look at it, right? We, we say, because, um, and there was one in particular where I was like, hey, you know, we need to be at, gosh, a 20% margin in order to make this work. Um, but in that one order, sure, I would entertain it. But it, it's, you know, again, it's got to be a case-by-case basis. Okay. So you've never had that opportunity where you felt like I had to walk away from this because <sighs> it's just going to cost too much? No, or, because, again, I wouldn't have proposed it. Like, does yeah. that make sense? No, it does. Yeah. It does. Just an just a interesting thought because I know, you know, a lot of people go after those bigger type clients and, the, the, you know, they, that cuts both ways. Yeah, those for sure. cut both ways. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. All right. Uh, my topic. Let's uh, – so, so my team uh, – Amy, my wife, and I, and two of our newer sales reps went to a, a an OPA event, the Ohio Promotional Products Association mm-hmm. event. OPA! Uh, OPA! That's right. Uh, so they actually did a regional event this year um, in Sandusky, Ohio, at a place, and it was sort of like an EME-style event. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, which I thought was pretty innovative for... Um, you know, a regional event. I think so many of our uh, regionals are tied to the trade show, which Mm -hmm. there's absolutely nothing wrong with the trade show, but I think mixing it up. And I think OPA's done a good job historically. They did the the event in Mm Put-in-Bay. And then this event, and this was their first time doing it. Mm -hmm. um, It was was actually super interesting. And and I was, not only was I impressed with OPA for putting it on, um, Mm -hmm. because I think, again, you're putting yourself out there because it could fail. Um, it could epically fail, right? Um, but it didn't. And the other thing I was impressed with is you had a lot of regional reps who are probably not used to doing the EME style meetings, right? right. That's a different, that's not a trade show, right? Right. You have to have 22 minutes worth of content and you need to jam it into 18 and like, you know what I mean? Like, and it has to be, um, you know. Uh, well done, and and I was I was just impressed with the whole concept. I was impressed by the reps, and honestly, I think my takeaway from it is I think more of our regionals need to really stick their neck out there and try and be more innovative because mm-hmm. I think we we took a lot out of it, and so 
I was just, I just wanted to give them a shout out and kind of, I know that you're involved with regionals and I guess it's, I got to expect it's really tough to, to be innovative that way when everybody sort of wants to do it a certain way. It, it is, you know, as human beings, we fall into habits and I think a lot of the regionals have fallen mm-hmm. into uh, some of those, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. Some of those habits, it's it's easy to just do what we've always done. Yeah. And, until you're either forced by the marketplace to do something different or forced by circumstances to do something different. Mm-hmm. Well, so, and the thing is, is a lot of those shows, like, for example, I've been down to the Pam's show that I know you guys yeah. are a part of. It's yeah. really good, right? Like, mm-hmm. So, you know, you, if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of thing, too. It, it, yeah, exactly. But, you know, you have to temper that um, by the it, it's if it's not broke, don't fix it perspective. You have to temper that with the we have to stay ahead of the curve and we have to continue to innovate. So, you know, I will tell you one thing we did at the Pam show okay. this past year is we sold uh, a space and, and, and hit promotional products. And Megan Corey actually uh, took the lead on it. Um, a a in the middle of the show, uh, the show floor, mm-hmm. they had a cooking demonstration highlighting oh, cool. hit hits products, and I will tell you that ruffled some feathers. Oh, really? And yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, but you're you're doing that on the show floor during show hours. You're taking people away from my booth. Yeah, and understand the perspective. But these are also the same exact people who had the same exact opportunity. Yeah. That hit promotional products had, yeah, and they took advantage of it. So I I, I understand, um, you know, and I'm president of Pam, so yeah. I got a lot of uh, you know uh, 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 the comments, and most of them were overwhelmingly positive. Wish we had thought of that. That's really cool. Can we do it next year? Right. Um, but there were a few people who were like, "That's not fair," right. and you're not, you know, you're not treating us um, correctly. Um, and I call bullshit. Yeah. Hey. You know, we have to, as a, an industry association, we have to innovate. OPA has to innovate. PAMS has to innovate. PPAI has to innovate. Sure. Because if we don't, who will? Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. Um, and the EME-style events are great, but I, I'm, I'm already thinking, what's next? Yeah. And Which I'm sure a lot of pe- other people are too. You you have to think in some terms. So I'm I heard the event at uh, in um, Sandusky was great. I, yeah. I saw a lot of pictures and a lot of things from social media. And and it's in, I applaud OPA for doing that. Um, I would argue that doing an EME style event not that innovative. Um, well, I, the only thing here's my pushback on that though. It, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but there's a lot of people in a regional who do not get invited to an EME. So, that is true. So, that is so true. like the, the thing that I love, I mean, I loved about it is I have two new reps. They got an education, yep. right? Uh, and, and so they would never have been invited to an EME. And my argument is that more getting more people that kind of in-depth training is only going to raise the level of the industry. So I actually thought it was pretty cool. Okay, you made a great point. So I'm actually going to tell you I'm wrong. That's, so <laughs> Someone write it down. That's right. Write it down. I am, I, I am wrong. Uh, I do. That is a great point that for especially people new to the industry and not everybody is invited to an EME. So it's an EME style event. So uh, I will I will back off on my it's not that innovative. <laughs> fair, um, fair. So well, awesome. cool. No, I'm glad it went. I'm glad it went well. Yes. Okay, so your turn. Okay. So... Um, my second Coca-Cola comment okay, okay. seems to be very Coca-Cola central. Right. Coca-Cola, it came out last week, has eliminated the chief marketing officer position. Really? Which floored me. Yeah. Um, they are uh, essentially having a, a lot of sub-marketing people 
or, or you know, vice presidents run specific channels okay. for marketing. Do you think that's the way of the future for mm. large companies to market themselves? I mean, what do you what do you think of that? What do you make of it? Because honestly, it was one of those things. It kind of floored me. Yeah, I don't think about the chief marketing position, uh, officer position at a uh, at a company often, but Coca Cola is such a strong brand. In fact, so strong we're talking about them twice on our podcast. Yeah, right. Um, but it, eliminating the chief marketing officer position just so they don't have one person really controlling the overall message hmm. just surprises me. What do you think about that? No, I think it's super surprising. I and I, it's interesting. I think in my lifetime of my career, like the chief marketing officer didn't exist, like that title per se, right? right. Like it right. D- doesn't feel like that existed 15 right. years like, ago. Like even five years, well, I yeah. think it did, but even like five years ago, like chief wellness officer. Right. Now they're everywhere, but there wasn't. So Yeah. So, you know, in, in time, is it, does it, I, I think no is the answer and just totally off the top of my head. I, I don't think that is the wave of the future. I think ultimately someone has to be uh, the person who has the vision and the the overall kind of control of what is going on. But the idea that someone as um, well-established as Coca-Cola is is taking that route, you're right. It, that is jarring, I think. It, it really is. And definitely taking a risk. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they know what they're doing. They, yeah, they seem to. Big company, they seem to have then again, Then again, let's say two words, right? New Coke. Coke. <laughs> exactly. I still, I still say New Coke was a marketing ploy. Yeah. I'll, nothing will ever sway me from that. I believe it was planned. I believe it was planned because they, the sugar was getting too expensive and they wanted to switch to corn syrup and they needed time to do that. And New Coke was it. Interesting. Okay. That's a, that's a fact. Do you believe that, that we landed on the moon? I do. Okay. And I also, I also believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone if we're going down the conspiracy. Thing okay, now. just checking. Um, so no, I uh, but I do believe it was planned. The whole thing, new Coke, and then we're going to bring out Coke Classic, but it's going to be a slightly different formula because they moved from cane sugar to corn syrup. Okay. All right. Well, All right. that's a, that's a, that's a fascinating place to go for sure. There it is. All right. What do you got? Um, okay, so uh, try to make this one a quick one. It was interesting. Um, as you know, I was traveling last week and got the opportunity to see, go and see my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law, my, my, my wife's brother. And he is a great guy with a great family. And, you know, one of those places where they're just picture perfect. And mm-hmm. it was interesting because I'm a pretty, I think you know this about me, self-confident guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're so... They're doing so well for themselves, and I'm so happy for them that it's hard not to have that piece of jealousy. You're mm-hmm. like, gosh, they, they really seem to have it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, great family, beautiful wife, smart, all that stuff. Um, and as I was on a walk the other day, I was like, this is the reason, right? That it's, it's so interesting that, and so important that we not compare uh, yep. because they're on a different path than I have chosen. And I right. think if we don't build our lives on purpose, that's where you get into the compare and contrast and all that sort of thing. And it was just a, mm-hmm. just one of those lessons, you know, where you're kind of being introspective. And I was like, sure. man, it's so important that we not, like Mark Graham, Catherine Graham, they've got it going on, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Petrie's got it going on. I think. I don't know about that. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I think so many times we think everybody else has it figured out and Maybe they do, maybe they don't, but it's not healthy to compare. It's not, but you wouldn't be human if you didn't. So um, uh, my younger twin, Mitch, had a girlfriend, and we were driving him over to her house about two months ago. They're not 
they're not an item anymore <laughs> when they were. And I knew they lived in a nice part of Franklin. Not that yep. there's not too many not nice parts of Franklin, Tennessee, sure. but it was a gated community. And their house sat on probably an acre and a half of land. It was enormous, probably 7,000 square feet. Wow. Really nice cars in the driveway. Um, hey, a Tennessee Titan lives over there. Oh, yeah. you know, that, that country singer lives over there, and this country producer lives over there. And, you know, I'm driving my, my four-year-old car. Yeah. And, you know, and I feel, you know, I, I drove over there feeling like I was doing pretty good for myself. Yeah, right. But I sheepishly drove out of that neighborhood feeling like a failure. Yeah. And I'm not, but, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be human if I didn't have those feelings. Yeah. So I, I, you're right, but I also think it's just part of the human condition that we do that. Um, and, you know, you kind of have to kick yourself in the ass a little bit and say, you know what? Um, everybody's got their own path. I think you said it best. Everybody has their own path. Yeah. And so, anyway, it was, it was just one of those moments for me that, I, that was... Uh, it was eye-opening, so, yeah. All right. Well, we have a time for one quick one, yep. and it's going to be controversial. Oh, I love it. It's going to be, and it's not related to the industry. Okay. So, um, in uh, Louisiana, a week and a half ago, okay. they, the uh, state, took down the last Confederate monument. Mm. Um, it was a Robert E. Lee monument. And a lot of divisiveness over that. You have people on one side who uh, say, "Hey, um, it's it's uh, racist. It is it's it's it should be you shouldn't honor those people." And then you have people on the other side saying, "Hey, that's part of our history, right. and you can't whitewash it." Um, I'm going to give you a minute to think about your answer, but I'll tell you where I come down on it. Okay, because I struggle with it. Yeah. Uh, I was born in Illinois, but I grew up in the South. And the South has its issues, right? It has sure. a, a long uh, and very uh, unfriendly history um, with race relations. I don't know what the right answer is. I mm. come, I, you know, I really struggle with it. Um, I there's part of me that thinks um, the monument should be left up because, as unsavory and horrible as that era was in terms of slavery and all the other things that go along with it. And a horrible war, right? It's that's still the deadliest war right. um, that fought by anybody in our country. We can't ignore it either, mm. right? But by the same token, you know, you you wouldn't have a uh, you don't want to ignore the Holocaust, right? But Germany doesn't have statues of Adolf Hitler. Right? They don't have uh, you know the swastika is still outlawed in Germany, I believe. So I don't. I don't know what the answer is. Right. I thought I did, and I got in a, in a conversation with someone, and um, I, I don't know. It's right. just one of those things that kind of struck me as kind of an interesting topic uh, to have with someone I respect. And since I couldn't find anyone, I'm going to ask you. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, so I guess I do have an opinion on this. Um, I think that – and I, th I get the impression just based on your answer, you're sort of leaning the way that I lean um, – <clears throat> the idea of the monument, no, we shouldn't uh, get rid of it out of our history. It is a part of our history. But the idea that there are monuments celebrating uh, generals who were fighting on behalf of keeping people as slaves. Oppressed. Yeah, yeah like I, I, I understand why yeah, our population would find that offensive. Uh, and so I would say I, I'm down with taking that down. Yeah, and I'm not even sure I'm qualified to speak on it. I'm right, not African-American, right? I don't have uh, ancestors who were slaves. Right. Here's where I think I come down on it. 
I think the actual and, and you have to remember, I live in Franklin, Tennessee, sure, a town that was founded late 1700s, right. and we have a gorgeous downtown area where in the middle of the roundabout is a obelisk type statue of a confederate soldier right um and it was erected in 1899 by the daughters of the confederate revolution and i live in a, in a place where there are people who do not refer to it as the civil war kirby they refer to it as the war of northern aggression and i'm not joking so i think what i've come i think as mm-hmm. i was listening to you here's because i don't want to whitewash history we have to learn from it right if we don't learn from it we're doomed to repeat it I think what I would love to see is take down the monument itself, right. take down the Robert E. Lee statue, but maybe put a placard. Here once stood right. um, a statue of Robert E. Lee, and here's why we decided to take it down. Yeah. No, it's, it's a it, like you said, it's a tough one, but I think that if, if we're, again, it, 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 as a rule, I, don't, I think the answer is we don't celebrate the oppression of people. Period. Right. No, I, I <laughs> so agree. that's that's really where I land. Yeah. That. No, I, and that's where I lean to. I struggle with it because I don't, you know, I hate seeing history wiped away. Um, but by the same token, you don't want to cause people uh, to feel like I can't. I'm not comfortable here. Yeah. Right? Fair. So, I thought it was an interesting way to wrap up, and we are. Actually, out of time now, Kirby. We are right at 24 minutes and 57 seconds. Yep. Uh, So we are going to go ahead and wrap this up. And we would be remiss if we didn't once again thank our really good friends at Common Skew. Um, I, I know you, you, the people who listen might get a little tired of us waxing poetic about uh, Common Skew, but we do because we are such fans. Yeah, um, for sure. It, it's, it's not that they're just a sponsor. They're friends. They're good people. And there's good people behind the product. So uh, really can't urge you enough to visit uh, commonskew.com backslash unscripted. Give that cloud-based software a free trial run. You will not regret it. All right, man. Hey, it was good talking to you. Good talking to you. Out. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday only at promocorner.com, the leading digital marketing service for the promotional products industry.